Blog Talk Radio. Yes, sir. We are right back at you. Welcome to another edition of Cover 2, NFL show brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the roundtable with my partner in crime. We got Fred Perdue in the building. What up, Fred? What's going on, man? After a a very, very uh, strenuous situation, but, uh, you know. We back. Just, just <laughs> always, back. man. It, there's always bumps and obstacles in the road, man. We get over them. We get around them. We do what we got to do. We back at you guys in our series, our NFL preview for 2019. Um, in the previous episode, if you haven't heard it yet, make sure you go to the War Room Sports Podcast Network at warroomsports.com and take a listen. We previewed the AFC West and the AFC North. In this episode, we are going to start off with the AFC South and the and, and and venture over to the AFC East where Fred's beloved New England Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, um, where they like to get down. So um let's jump right into it and let's get into this AFC South real quick. And we're gonna start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who last season finished with a record of five and eleven when they went into the season as, you know, somewhat of a Super Bowl favorite after making it to the AFC Championship game the year before. They couldn't really, you know, cash those checks that their mouths had had uh, written. 5-11. and 11. So what did the Jags, what do you think they did in the offseason as far as adding people to this team and maybe, you know, who they lost? What did, it, what, what did they do in the offseason? They address pass rusher. They address pass rusher. Uh, not a sexy pick, a a, a draftnik pick uh, per se. Josh Allen, uh, who hasn't really gotten talked about much in this off season compared to the other, the way he was talked about uh, pre-draft. So he, but that's a, it was a solid pickup. They addressed that. Also, uh, they addressed quarterback, and we all know how that happens. What, what happens when you address quarterback? They got rid of one bad quarterback for a Super Bowl winning quarterback, one that did it in the playoffs, not the full regular season, but nonetheless, he's a Super Bowl champion. I can't say that I like that he has that title because it came against my guys, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. He is a beloved quarterback by you, I know. Yes, he is. And Fred, if you guys don't know who Fred is talking about, he's talking about. Um, one of my personal heroes, um, you know, our uh, semi-lord and savior in Philadelphia, <laughs> Nick Foles. Um, he will always eat free in the city of brotherly shove. Um, yeah, but, you know, I you know, have to be objective here. Um, of course, Nick Foles, he stepped into that role and did what he had to do, uh, brought my team their first ever Super Bowl championship. Um, but as you noted, you know, stepped in in the playoffs that's really like if you're a really good team you know that's what your backup quarterback is actually expected to do I mean we live in a society where you know in most cases when that happens to a team everybody just assumes that that team is done but this is why backup quarterbacks get paid 
because if you have a team that's rolling, you know, you sh- I'm not saying you should be able to step in and they don't lose a beat, but you should be able to step in and just allow the team to do what they have to do and do what they've been doing to win games without you messing up the flow. Now, in Nick Foles' situation in 2017, he, you know, when he played his last few games of the regular season, it was just that. It was, okay, come in and manage, not mess up the flow. Even in the first round of the playoffs, probably, you know, that Atlanta game got to the second half of that game is when he stepped up and says, okay, I can no longer be the not mess up the flow guy. I have to do something to help this team win. From that second half on, the dude looked like a star quarterback. You know, from that second half to the the final buzzer, final, you know, the, when the clock ran out in the Super Bowl, he looked like a star quarterback. We're not sure that Nick Foles can do that over an entire season, you know, because of who he is and what he's done for my team. I'm rooting for him to be successful, but the Jags went out and spent a lot of money on – it's as weird. It sounds a little oxymoronic, oxymoronic for me to say, on an unproven commodity because the guy, yeah, is a Super Bowl MVP. But you get what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, definitely. Their full time guy and lead them to the same promised land. And I don't know if Nick can do that. Yeah, for me, when I look at him, it's, he's he's efficient. He's he's safe. He's Alex Smithish before he decided to learn I can throw the ball down the field at 34 years old. Uh, he he won't kill you, but he won't win you anything. Um, I think this I think part of it also has something to do with the fact that he's had an Andy Reid with him and a Frank Wright and a um and I just I yeah, totally a, just have a Frank Wright and a Doug Peterson yeah, who's yeah, an Andy Reid yeah, clone. And a so, Doug Peterson, yeah. yeah, Frank uh, a Frank Wright and a Doug Peterson. So. You've had all of you had those three guys quarterback whispers per se, uh, and now you're going on to to Jacksonville where they've had no luck at quarterback since probably Mark Brunel and Byron Leftwich. Mm. <laughs> you're yeah, relying on the license of Leonard Fournette to to take you right. to the promised land. Because you know you also have to remember that you know his time in in L.A was basically a wash. He was a dud. However, I don't know if you can blame was anybody. Running that team. For, right. I don't know if you can blame anybody for not being an offensive stalwart when they're playing under Jeff Fisher, especially Jeff Fisher in the, in the later years where he was a total dinosaur in the game, and he refused. Uh-huh. He was so stubborn, he refused to change. I mean, he had Jared Goff looking like a bust. Jared Goff leads his team to the Super Bowl you know, after they get rid of this guy. So, you know, you have to give him a chance. But like you said, Andy Reid, Peterson, Reich, that's when at least you know he get he gets under the right people, the right system, he can look like a stud. So I don't know what Jacksonville has in store for him, but we shall see. So let's go to everybody else, though. Um, what do you foresee happening, you know, for the Jags this season? best case scenario, worst case scenario, um, and some of the guys who are going to be the most important players in whatever happens. Oh man. Uh, defense is going to be huge for this team. Um, it's, it's a, this is an old school type of team. They're built like the, 
the old Seattle Seahawks uh, almost dynasty. I almost said dynasty, almost dynasty, at least on the defensive side. Uh, you, you have Taven Bryan in the, uh, on the line. You have Calais Campbell on the line. Yannick Ndokwe on the line. Pretty good line. Oh, and Marcel Darius, too, who he, he was brought over in a trade last year. You have Jalen Ramsey, who had a bit of a drop-off last year. I think part of it is um, lack of play, running his mouth. You know, this is the, these are the types of things if you keep – you you want a guy to be confident. You want your you know, I don't necessarily want my leader on defense to be a corner, but hey, uh he, he has enough he has enough for the whole defense. Uh, well he talks as if he's that guy, but you know, this team follows Calais Campbell when it comes down yeah. to it. Yeah. Um but you said you don't you know, you, you want him to be confident, but the running of the mouth may have gotten a little gone a little too far at times. Well this yeah, guy showed up to far. training camp this season in the back of a Brinks truck trying to give the Jags yeah, um, a little message. <laughs> yeah, he wants to get paid. He wants straight cash, homie. I mean, it, it's <laughs> one of those things where I'm not comfortable paying a corner that much. He's the guy. He is that guy. But um, I, I want to see more, and I want to see more. And I want to see this defense completely shut teams down versus, you know, straight cash, team, homie. Gonna... Right, Exactly. <laughs> So like I want to see if you're you think you're deserving of that straight cash. I need to see you need to be the premier lockdown corner. Or, you might I mean and you already have AJ Bowie on the other side, so you have him. So now you, they have probably the best corner tandem in the league. But that with a combination of those two, the the front seven. I mean they have the defense to do it. Do they? They're not Seattle. Let's not confuse those guys. This isn't Seattle. But they're probably one of the top five, top seven defenses in the league. But they have to – you have to turn the ball over. You have to be physical up front. Uh, and you got to give your offense a chance. Maybe you might have to – they might have to be Miami Hurricane-ish a little. I mean, and I know we're crossing over to college, but, you know, your, your defense has to create opportunities for the offense because we know the offense has had its struggles. Um, real quick before we go into some predictions, though, like any bright spots on this offense that you're looking at? Bright spots, uh, Leonard Fournette, maybe he can stay healthy. He hasn't been a terrible back. He's not a great back either, but he is not an available back. Yeah, he availability is your best weapon. I mean, if you're not available, it hurts you. It hurts you a lot. Uh, they don't have a, a X factor on this offense that I'm just like, I got a game plan for him. They don't have a real uh, a stud tight end. They don't have a – they drafted DJ Chark, but he hasn't really done anything. Uh, D.D. Westbrook's a pretty he, – he could be an X factor, but he's more of a – he's more of the Deshaun Jackson type where he, all he is is a deep threat in the slot. Uh, you, you also have uh, – you, you have Mickens also in the slot. You also have Marquise Lee, but he's more of a number two. I don't – the days of Jimmy Smith, who just completely made defenses look silly right. by himself, are over. So where's who's the playmaker? I don't. And the, fu- and the funny thing about that, you bring him up and you say that. I I think Jimmy Smith was so underrated during his time. Oh, he's a, he knocked <laughs> on the door of being a Hall of Famer so many right. times, but because so he's in Jacksonville, if he's on any other team that has even a remote shot at the playoffs on a regular basis, we call him a Hall of Famer. All right, so my my burning question about this team is about the offense as well. 
Um, that's why I asked you if you saw any bright spots, um, potentially a bright spot in Nick Foles, but we really won't know um, until that thing gets underway. And the reason I asked you that, Fred, is because of this statistic. The Jags lost six games last season by a touchdown or less. Uh, one of them damn games, they were up 16 to nothing to the uh, Steelers and still lost the game by a touchdown or less. So if Nick Foles can come in and be a bright spot, if Fournette can stay available, then maybe some of these games, these close games that they're losing, they can turn them into wins, and maybe they can be back on track to to at least be close to the team that they were the season before. So what, what, what's your prediction for this 5-11 and 11 team from last year? Uh, I think Nick Foles can make this team maybe a – seven and nine type of team, nothing just outstanding. I think this team has middle of the road written all over them, wasted defense yet again. Um, yeah, seven and nine sounds about right. All right. Um, maybe because of the Andrew Luck factor, I'm giving everybody in the division a little bit of a bump. I'm gonna I'm gonna go exactly middle of the road and I'm gonna go eight and eight with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we shall see. Um, what the Jags end up doing. Let's move uh, over to the state of Tennessee real quick, and let's talk about the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, last season record was 9-7. and seven. Um, What did this team do in the offseason that may have caught your eye, that may change something or change their fortunes from last season, either positively or negatively? Uh, first off, I got to I got a better slide when you kind of cut out on me. You said nine and seven. Who was the team that you said? Because I didn't catch that. Oh, I, I, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, test it, test it. All right, just making sure. Um, yeah, this nine and seven team from last season. I was asking what they did in the off season um, that caught your eye that may be a positive or a negative for this team moving forward. Oh man, uh, well, you, anytime you can. You can you can set yourself up for a decent draft pick. You can also set yourself up to to attract some free agents. This is this is one of those things where I want to see more from this team going forward. Um, the weapons are there. The defense is getting better and better. Uh, this offensive line play has to be uh, it's it's a concern. So the offensive line is is your biggest concern on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's a question. Like, who would you say was the heart and soul of this team? Oh man, um, heart and soul of this team. Who? And we're talking the Texans, so yeah, that that this is a tough one. Um, you have so many options here. Uh, the I'd Titans. Say, I'm sorry, sorry, the Titans. Uh, when you're talking Titans, I'm thinking Derrick Henry. Um, this defense, uh, it, it doesn't have any real playmakers. Kevin Byard, but we already know what happens to him when he says something to a quarterback, a certain quarterback. So you, I'm not ready to call him <laughs> a, a bright. Uh, I'd probably have to say your two tackles, Lawan. Uh, and and Conklin, but he Conklin's out right now, so you're you're gonna deal with him. You're gonna have those issues. So I'd probably have to say 
and your quarterback definitely is not the guy right now. He, we're going to be looking for a new quarterback if I'm in if I'm in Tennessee. So I was um, actually I was about to to say that as well. Um, I was I, I've never been big on Marcus Mariota. Um, I was thanking my lucky stars that Chip Kelly did not get his way and handicap my Eagles with Marcus oh, Mariota. Yeah, that would have been um, a problem. But yeah, yeah, because what happened to them in twenty, you know, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen would not have happened if we had Marcus Mariota under center. Um, I think this is the not a this is the make or break year for this kid. I agree with you. If he either can't stay healthy or can't play up to what some people think his capabilities are, then they're going to be looking for a new starter and um in in Tennessee. So this is big for him. Because it's not like he's playing on a bad team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can do something and do your part, this this team could potentially get into the list of quote unquote contenders. But I'm not really I'm not really sure. All right, I got you. I, I got your your mic in now. Definitely. And for me, when I look at also when I look at this team, Derrick Henry is that old school back that will definitely take the pressure off of Marcus Mariota, who doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. Uh, The running game is going to be huge for them. Uh, He I mean, Derrick Henry has maybe a good six years left in the league because, you know, his running style is so what it's dangerous. He runs so upright, but he's such a beast that he's going to – he broke the mold of that, those Alabama running backs for at least now. But he plays so physical and he's so big that you just – you have to see can his body hold up to it. And they have to get him some, some help, a quarterback maybe. There, there's a couple coming out in this draft. But the problem with the Titans is you're always going to be stuck at that 12 to 15 range, which I call draft purgatory. If you're going to be bad, just be bad. If you're going to be good – if you're a contender, go ahead and contend. But if you're bad, there, it's it's kind of like the NBA. Just go ahead and your chances are better in the NFL. Go ahead and tank for that quarterback, especially when you know the one that you have isn't all that great. Go help your, your star player, though. Hey, you're talking about where they're stuck as far as their draft position. Well, that's probably because of this number. They've been stuck at 9-7 and seven for the past three years. So is there any chance that you see this team – um, breaking that mold at least by one game and getting to a ten and six this season. What's your prediction? Oh man, uh, ten and six is going to be tough. Uh, this it got a little bit easier, maybe just a little bit because of the fact that you know Andrew Luck, and like you said, you can kind of give that team a, an extra boost, you know, w- because of Andrew Luck not being there, but. The problem is every team that you're facing in the NFL is not an easy team, and there is no giving games. So looking at their schedule, you're facing the Chargers. I'm sorry, you're facing – you're starting off the season. You start the season with the Browns, hyped-up team. You get a Colts game. Then you get you get the Jags. I mean, that's a, that's not an easy game in Jacksonville. Uh, then you get into the meat of your schedule. You get Atlanta, Buffalo, Denver. Those aren't some. Those aren't bad teams. And then we're talking Chargers, Bucks, Panthers, Chiefs. Ooh, ooh. I mean, you're you're facing a decent offense or a decent defense. 
it's a it's not a bad thing if you're talking a decent defense. I'm sorry, a decent offense that you're going. Your defense is good enough, but can you put up enough points? That's not the right. defense. Stopping people isn't the problem. It's do you have enough points in you? And that's I think is going to be the issue. It's going to be their first ten games of the season. If they start out like maybe five and five and five, okay. If you're starting even anything five and five or better, they have a chance. But if if it's you know you're talking three and seven, four and six, uh, it's 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 a it's a wrap. I don't see Marcus Mariota just leading them through a charge of division opponents to finish the season. Well, you're you know head coach, you're one of your Patriot alum, uh, one of your favorite linebackers slash red zone tight ends, Mike Vrabel. <laughs> yeah. said the goal for this year is to go from good to great. Well, Mike. I got you going from good to staying good. I'm going to give you a fourth season at nine and seven. And, yeah, and that sounds that, about right. That's being, yeah, for me, like, I kind of want to say this team might go the other way, but I'm going to keep them right there at that nine and seven, which is going to give them, you know, it's basically going to give them that push, Fred. They're going to know, all right, nine and seven, four years in a row. We need a damn quarterback. We get a quarterback, we might be able to get over this hump. Um, and uh, that's just where I see it right now. Marcus Mariota, prove me wrong. You haven't yet. Marcus Mariota, you are on the I clock. I bash you on draft day. Prove me wrong. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> all right. So let's move up to the team that has become the talk of the NFL in a matter of days. I hear Jack about this team all summer. <laughs> And then Andrew Luck decided to call it quits and hang up his cleats. We talked about it on the, the past episode. So if you guys you know, hear thought on his actual retirement, definitely check out uh, episode 55 of Cover 2. Right now we're going to talk about his entire team, well, his former team, who finished last season at 10-6 and six and was, I, I'd say this team had high hopes for this upcoming season. They did. Um, Hinging mostly on the the health of one Andrew Luck, uh, health that he couldn't get together, health that was ruining the quality of his life, health that forced him to hang it up. So what did they do in the offseason besides lose their franchise quarterback in the waning parts of preseason um, that changes the outlook for this team? You go out and you get him – more weapons. Paris Campbell was a huge weapon. Uh, they they did this. They In did retrospect, it right, you finally. ended up getting Jacoby Brissett more weapons. <laughs> yeah, you got Jacoby <laughs> Brissett more weapons. Yeah, uh, you you help you help the offense out. Paris Campbell is a burner. You need that. They've solidified the offensive line with first round picks across the left side of the line, so that's a great thing. You got uh, Braden Smith on the right right tackle. Not a bad pickup either. I wish they'd done this maybe three, four years ago. Maybe this was maybe we'd still have an Andrew Luck. I mean, I remember saying when I when he came out of Stanford, he was the best quarterback prospect I had seen in ever. I mean, I didn't get to, I am not old enough to say I saw John Elway at Stanford, so I'm not able to to speak on that. But as far as height, weight, speed, technique, arm talent, accuracy intangibles, uh, the the smarts, being able to handle the offense, being able to be the franchise guy, because all of those things matter. It's not all about being 
never mind. I'm gonna leave that alone. I bash Michael Vick way too much. Um, <laughs> I bash that too way too much. I get way too much of that. So being that guy, you you want you want Andrew Luck to be great, but now. You, Jacoby Brissett is a serviceable quarterback. We'll get to see. Uh, he won a couple games for the Patriots back a couple years ago, but that was in mop-up duty, uh, just waiting for Tom Brady to come back. Now you have a full season. I remember Jacoby Brissett from his days at Dwyer High School uh, down here in Florida. So I, I've been following him since his day. He was there uh, at Florida with Jeff Driscoll for a few years before he transferred to NC State and he was always pretty good but now this is now you're a full-time starter this is the ultimate um come-up story I guess you can call it he, this is the ultimate come-up story uh you finally get your opportunity so not a lot of teams have a ton of tape on him so he may have early success um I hope he he is the ultimate off-season addition if you say per se because they almost traded him they got very close twice to trading right. him and they decided to keep him and I know I see I think they had the foresight to understand I think a lot of these Andrew Luck issues were brewing uh, but they didn't know how far out it would be so they held on to their asset right. Smart guy. I mean the guy had some brutal injuries man like lacerated kidneys and torn abdomens torn labrums yeah, when your quarterback is going through things of that magnitude, like if you have a backup that you love, you you stay put. You and it's it it will probably pay off for them because Jacoby Brissett, from what we've seen, you know, is a pretty good um, quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be able to step in here with the pressure of being the full time starter, not having to look over his shoulder for any reason. Like I don't know how he's going to react to that. When I think of this team and what I thought they were going to be this season, I was I, I thought Eric Ebron was was in store for a big season. Now, even Same. though even it, though it Luck isn't there, I still think he could have a big season because we know that inexperienced quarterbacks kind of lean on tight ends anyway. Um, I think it would have been more by design with he and Luck. Now I think it's going to be more of, okay, you're going to be the quarterback's crutch because <laughs> he's going to look to the middle of the field. He's going to look to you when things aren't, you know, going their best. So uh, he still could have a big season, but yeah, I, I just think it was going to be different with him and um, luck in the fold. And, of course, on the other side of the ball, uh, it's all about Darius Leonard. Um, I, I still am not a believer in the Colts unit as a whole. But when you have a leader like that guy, um, young, <laughs> and is a beast, you know, I think he can, I think, I think he can be infectious and kind of, you know, his attitude can kind of rub off on the rest of the team. Um, so, w- what's your outlook for this team, especially you know, Jacoby Brissett's show? At this point, what's your outlook for this team? I'm thinking this team will be very similar to what they were uh, a season ago, another 10 and six type season. Uh, again, Jacksonville, don't try. You you have Jacksonville and Tennessee. I think they'll probably split with Jack or, or I'm sorry. They'll split with Tennessee. They'll go ahead and win those two against Jacksonville. Uh, the Houston Texans are the only real team in their way as far as division is concerned. So, and the Texans have their own issues. They can't get out of their own way half the time. So uh, schedule-wise, when you look at their schedule, you 
Uh, you get a, you get to start the season with the Chargers. Uh, if Melvin Gordon comes back, that's a good. If, that might be a problem. Otherwise, uh, you can see it's a, a home game. Or it's a, you have to go to L.A. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, but you get the Titans, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Chiefs. Good luck against about three of those. So you're going to face some of the best offenses in the league. And then you uh, you kind of tail off as far as talent is concerned. Uh, you get the Texans, at, you get the Texans, Broncos, Steelers, Dolphins, uh, Jags, and then Texans again. Those are all manageable games. Uh, Bucks, Saints. Panthers, Jags, those games will matter because uh, the last three of the defenses get the defenses get a little bit tougher as you go along. That's where you'll have to wonder about Jacoby Brissett the second half of the season uh, after that week six bye week, which is a very early bye week. Uh, but if he, they he can if they can start off hot, maybe they'll have a chance to uh, to maintain that. That's, that's funny that you say that because that's that's my that's how I see this team. I think they will scare the league in the in the early part of the season because they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder because everybody's, you know, no longer believing in them because one guy left. So I think this team will play with a chip on their shoulder, but I think mm-hmm. that's a chip that will fade um, exactly. at some point during the season. So um, my prediction for a team that I would have predicted at 11-5, and five, I'm thinking more around the 9-7, and 8-8, eight uh, clip right about now, and I think I'm going to lock it in at eight and eight. What would say you as a lock-in record for the year? Yeah, nine and seven, nine and seven, maybe ten and six at, uh, is your ceiling. So a lot of what happened last year, uh, unless we Jacoby Brissett just turns into something we just have not seen before. Uh, they have the offensive line, so I expect them to run the ball a little bit more than normal because now with Andrew Luck, you can throw the ball a little bit more than you normally do. But Jacoby Brissett, we want to protect him if I'm if I'm the head coach. If I'm uh if I'm Frank Reich, I wanna just protect him. I wanna not make I wanna keep his confidence, his spirits high. Also I wanna protect that defense. So right. uh that way that offense isn't constantly having to go to shoot going shootouts. So th- that's gonna be one of the biggest things. So maybe a floor eight and eight, a ceiling of ten and six. So very much like last year. All right, well, let's move on to the winners of this division last season, the Houston Texans, who finished last season at 11-5. and five. Um, What happened with this team over the offseason that catches your eye? Oh, man, this team lost a ton. Uh, you lose your GM, Brian Gaines. You lose Kareem Jackson, Tyron Matthew, uh, Kevin Johnson, your corner, your first-round corner that you drafted a few years ago. Demarius Thomas had a Achilles, I'm pretty sure it was, that, that, hamper, that hampered his season. Uh, and, you, and Lamar Miller, he's, he's now out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, and they signed uh, just last this week. They did sign uh, Jay Ajay. So that that's not a terrible thing to do. Uh, you bring in Titus Clowney Howard. wants out. We don't know Clowney what's going to happen with that situation. Clowney wants out. You bring in Matt Khalil. That's he's not protecting a soul. Uh, Tyshawn Gibson's <laughs> a good pickup. Um, You're saying that the, the days of my man Matt Khalil being good are over. Matt Khalil was was good for all of maybe five seconds in the NFL, and I really, I I really thought he was going to be the man, but he just out of USC, he was supposed to be the guy, and he just did not protect the soul. He can't protect himself. So, um, but, 
But you do bring in Bradley Roby. He's finally going to get a chance to possibly be the number one uh, once Jonathan Joseph, who is the, the elder statesman. That man is 35, if, if I remember correctly. He's 35 and still kicking as a number one corner in this league. That is that is just outrageous. Uh, they bring in AJ McCarron, aka um, my wife's a, a model, and know that's what I'm known for: not winning a national championship at Alabama. And Lonnie Johnson Jr. from Kentucky. That was a big pickup at corner. They needed help in the secondary. So uh, this is going to be an interesting team because they're a new a bunch of new pieces. And JJ Watts getting up there in age, but he's still kicking. Yeah, J.J. Watt, I tell you every year, that's one of those guys that, you know, I will never doubt until it's just 100% clear, you know, that there's nothing else you can say about the guy. And he's, you know, he's not, I don't think he's there yet. You know, he's had some injury issues in the past, but I don't think he's there uh, because there were seasons in the past where people started to doubt him and he came back out and showed you that it's not time to do that yet. It'll come one day, but we don't know exactly when. Now, this is a team, Fred, where I think um, their schedule, especially their early schedule, is is going to be kind of tough. It's going to be kind of tough. So I think this team gets to show its mettle early if they have some. You know, I would have favored Indianapolis in this division um, had the whole Andrew Luck thing not happened. So I think they got a little bit of a, of a reprieve in, in that situation. But I don't really know what to expect from the Texans at this point because of all the names that you mentioned, uh, you know, with them losing. Um, I'm still I'm, – I'm still – I'm not going to say I'm not a believer because there's people that I just flat out don't believe in. But, you know, I'm, I'm still in wait and see – mode with the Sean Watson as far as consistency goes. Yeah. Um I think he has it in. I think I think he's gonna play his entire career with a chip on his shoulder. Um and I think he has it in him. But take them to the next level type guy is is what I'm waiting to see some consistency on. Um what are your thoughts on the team's quarterback? I love Deshaun Watson. Really love him. Uh he gave us a preview of what he could be once he was at when he was at Clemson when he just completely just rocked Alabama not once but twice once in a losing effort and once winning it all and kind of set up this Clemson program for the next guy in line so Trevor Lawrence so um, he'll, he'll 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 definitely be competing against in the next couple of years so Deshaun Watson he's everything you want in a quarterback as long as he can stay healthy which is the problem with this team his offensive line I, if I'm if I'm him I'm not giving any credit to this offensive line y'all just to say we're talking. Staying healthy, and then we're talking about this offensive line. <laughs> exactly. I, those there's not enough stake in the world. There's not enough. There's not enough gifts to help him stay healthy behind this offensive line. Titus Howard's probably going to be their best or second best offensive lineman because they can if they can run the football. That's what he is. He's just he's a, a damn rookie. <laughs> yeah, he's a rookie. I mean, they need to. It, it it really bothers me that these teams do not protect these quarterbacks. But when they pull an Andrew Luck, oh, I'm I'm out. I don't I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, I'm done. Upset. And then you're <laughs> upset. It, it's like, come on, man. I mean, it's not That's hard. You, how how many times, Fred, do we hear the cliche that it's now a quarterback-driven league? If it's, mm-hmm. if it's a quarterback-driven league, then there should be a run on offensive linemen every draft. 
Well, and, and there but is. But in this quarterback-driven league, everybody still wants the fancy Ferraris. They still want, yeah. you know, the best skill positions. Get those well, fat boys, man. Here's the thing, and I know, and I don't want to get too technical with it, but they talking talking to people around the league, and I think my sources are pretty good on this one. Uh, developing offensive tackles aren't isn't the same anymore. The days of the Orlando Paces of the world, the Walter Joneses of the world, hell, even the Matt Lights of the world, who were half decent, those guys are done because of the way these spread offenses are. They don't teach the same techniques. They're not built the same. Those guys, those dancing bears, they don't exist. The days, heck, the days of Jason Peters, don't, those days are over with. Um, they want guys that are agile. They're more pass blockers, but they're, they're really, really big tight ends. They're not true left tackles. And, now you it's more about having a very strong interior line. A very, if you look at the Cowboys, if you just take Tyron Smith out of it, what is their strength? Their, it's their interior offensive line, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin. And at one time it was Lyle Collins and Ron O'Leary, uh, Doug Free. Those guys were so good on the interior line that you, you have one job as Tyron Smith. Stop the best pass rusher there is. Well, most teams have two good ones now. Uh, when you're facing teams like the Chargers, Texans, I mean, you're facing JJ and Clowney, Melvin Ingram and Bosa. I mean, you're facing some good pass rushers. Heck, now even in Denver, you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You have to have good tackles, and they don't develop tackles the same. Right. All right, so – what, what, what do you foresee for this team? What's your predi- prediction? Uh, based off of what I've seen from this team, I don't see 11 wins. Definitely don't see 11 wins. I, the talent is there, and I expect them to be – before this season started and, and, and the preseason started and Lamar Miller got hurt, I said this team needs to focus a little bit more on running the football instead of throwing the football because you can at least take the pressure off Deshaun Watson. Uh, but it's going to be tough. This team has a very brutal schedule to start the season. Uh, you start off at, at the Saints, you get the the Jags, the Chargers, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Chiefs. That's the first six weeks of the season. If you can survive that, you get the Colts, the Raiders, the Jags, the Ravens, the Colts, the, the Patriots. This schedule is not easy. This is what happens when you start winning games and you winning you start winning them at a high clip. This team is probably this is going ten wins will probably get them uh, uh, probably win this division. I'll give them ten wins. This is what you call a first place schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be as forgiving. I'm going to have them at nine and seven. There's going to be a three way battle for this division. Ooh. Not because these guys, you know, this division is going to be super tough. <laughs> it's going to be a three-way battle for who can get to nine and seven and take this division. So, so the race to nine is nine wins the is the race is to the nine, number. maybe 10, because there's three teams, I think, in the division who can finish with a nine and seven record with a ceiling of 10 and six. So one of them has to get to nine or 10 and win this division. I got this team at nine and seven. Um, which doesn't, you know, if you listen to my other predictions, it doesn't take them out of the mix of winning this division. But once they get to the playoff, somebody's getting smacked. Um, (laughs) All right, so that is your AFC South 
division. Let's go. Let's take it all the way over to the East Coast to Fred's beloved AFC East. And I'm pretty sure it's beloved because it's been, you know, it's been pretty easy on his boys for the past two decades. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll Definitely see. You know, there's going to be a stout defense or two to deal with this season, but I don't know if there's there's going to be any real threats as far as this not decision yet. goes. Not but let's not talk yet. about, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not quite yet. So the dynasty still lingers. Um, let's talk about the New York Jets. Uh, last season, they finished with a record of four and twelve uh, with the debut of their young quarterback. Sam Darnold, he's going into year two. I, I would pretty much say that the rookie quarterbacks from last season didn't necessarily disappoint. Um, it's just all of a mat, you know, all a matter of what they're playing with, you know, who they play for. So four and twelve. What did these guys do in the offseason? Oh man, you you bring in a new GM. That's a that's a definitely a new face that helps you out. You have a new head coach. You have a new uh, defensive coordinator. So all and pretty much three fourths of the of the triumvirate here is going to be there. I mean, you you woo, that's not good. That's never good. And we there were talks of Peyton Manning even joining this team for a while. But then you bring in Le'Veon Bell. He's back in the fold. Uh, C.J. Mosley on defense. That was the I did not like that move. I would. Middle linebackers are like running backs to me. I would never. I don't want to pay those guys because they're like dinosaurs. You can find them deep in the draft. Ask Darius Leonard. You can find them, find them for cheap prices. Uh, but you also bring in Ryan uh, Ryan Khalil, the the good Khalil brother, even though he's a little bit on the older side. Jamison Crowder, Ty Montgomery, Kalechi Osmele, good pickup. Uh, Quentin Williams on the defensive line is going to be huge. Brian Poole is going to be huge in the secondary. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite, he's going to be a good pass rusher for them. Uh, Trevor Simeon, okay, whatever. He, We know who the quarterback is. Uh, but key losses, Andre Roberts at, 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 uh, at receiver. Darren Lee is going to – he went on to the Chiefs. Uh, James Carpenter has moved on. Isaiah Crowell, okay, we, he, we can let him go because we have Le'Veon Bell. Morris Claiborne and Terrence Brooks are gone as well as Buster Screen. So you lose some, but you get where you lose some, you also gain some on the offensive side of the ball. So I, it was a pretty decent offseason. Um, at this point, you know, even though he's still a youngster, would you say Jamal Adams is the clear-cut leader of the defense? He sure is, and Jamal Adams is – I'm dare to say it. He's the ev- he's the evolution of what Troy Polamalu should have been uh, later on in his career. That's what he is. He's, I'm not calling him Troy Polamalu. I'm not saying he's going to be some Hall of Famer, but gosh, he's good. He is really, really good. And quite honestly, there's another one out there. That his, it's not he's, just a yeah, it's he's not a just. He is the he is the unquestioned leader. He gets everybody lined up. He can play deep. He can play in the box. Uh, he is a great tackler. Very instinctive. Funny thing is, the guy that that is, behind, that is coming behind him at LSU, Grant Delpit, might be better than him, and he's not even in the league yet. So that's scary. LSU. I don't know what it is about LSU and these DBs, man. They just that's DBU out there. <laughs> no doubt. Um, what would you say this team's biggest weakness is? Man, biggest weakness is corner. Uh, they just – Tremaine Johnson is – that's all they have. And he's uh, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, so they don't have a lot of depth. Uh, 
Uh, offensive line could be an issue as well. Linebacker could also be an issue. Uh, do you do you really trust Brandon Shell, Brian Winters, and Kalechi Osmelli to with Kelvin Beecham to protect Sam Darnold? That's gonna be tough, very very tough. So uh, corner and offensive line definitely. Yeah, that that cornerback position is definitely one to keep an eye on because you know even though I, I'm in full agreement with you that Jermaine Johnson, you know, is their best corner. He's the corner. He's the best thing they have. You know as far as that position is concerned, but I don't know. His, he may be diminishing a bit as a player, and you mentioned his his injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. So those other guys need to grow into that position um, quickly, quickly. Also, they um, lost Todd. They lost, with the loss of Todd Bowles in that on that defense having been being fired and move on moving on to Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their defensive coordinator. He brought a little bit of a different. He brought a lot of that that old uh, Rex Ryan attitude. He brought a lot of pressure. Where's the pressure coming from? I mean, you have Leonard Williams, but where's the pressure coming from? That might also be something you may want to watch out for. Yeah. Um. So what's your outlook on this team? How do you think they can compete in the AFC East uh, this season? I actually like, have a kind of, even in, you know, Even if they're not winning games all the time, like, will this be a tough team, tough out, scary team? Uh, I do. I actually think this team's going to be pretty decent. Uh, you have Le'Veon Bell. They're going to depend on him a ton. He's had a, a year off, so he should be pretty fresh. Sam Darnold has weapons now. Uh, so I expect them to run the ball, play decent, try to play decent defense. I think the combination of Gase and Williams is going to be huge. Uh, Greg Williams, the one thing about his defense has always been they're very aggressive, and they, that front seven takes a lot of pressure off the secondary. If you even go back to his time with the Bills, with the, with the, with the Washington team, and as well as the Saints, you always see a very stout secondary – I'm sorry, a very stout front seven. And every now and then you have that one safety that just is is just everything. And guess what? They got that one great safety that can be everything for them. So don't expect them to – they'll be in a lot of close games. But I think those, those coaches that they have will be able to get them through those tough games because they – either some got, somebody's won a Super Bowl somewhere in there or somebody know, knows how to face this division in an Adam Gates. So he knows – uh, who to deal, how to deal with these teams. It's not like these guys are just coming in blind, like they've only seen these guys once or twice uh, in their career. Well, this is another team um, that has a brutal early season schedule. Yes, they Five do. of their first six games are against the, the, the Cleveland hype machine. Um, I think they have your Patriots twice in that span. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know why the schedule guys would throw – you know, they would sick the pit bulls on them twice that early. And they have to play against my guys and those guys in Dallas. So, you know, if if you if they can weather the storm, beat a few of those, a couple of those teams, then, you know, they'll have a shot at a wild card, maybe. But, you know, if, if that does happen, I hope one of the ones that they catch is not the Eagles. Um, you know, maybe they could split with New England, <laughs> catch the hype machine in Cleveland and, and, and beat Dallas. But, you know, hopefully hopefully there's no green-on-green crime, at least coming in our direction. Um, yeah. So what is your prediction overall for this Jets team? 
Um, for me with this team, I think this team could could end up with like a six and ten record. It's gonna be tough. I mean, these de- you're either facing a very good defense or a very good offense. I mean, the Bills they're they're not known. I mean, Josh Allen's a good scrambler, but they don't have everything. He doesn't have all the weapons yet. But that defense is hellacious. Uh, if the Browns turn out to be who the, who we think they may be, even if they're an eight win deep type of team, they're gonna be probably a, a handful. Uh, we know what New England is. We know what Philly is. And by the way, their bye week comes in week four, so they gotta they have a way too early, Ooh, way too early. But a a run of of Philly, Dallas, and New England, uh, Jacksonville, Miami, New York, Washington. That's gonna be a tough one because those defenses are pretty good uh, along the way. So this team could be a. I see six wins on this schedule with the Raiders, the Bengals, splitting with the Dolphins. Uh, maybe splitting with the Bills, so you, I, yeah, I could easily see a six-win team. Yeah, and for me, I sometime, sometime down the line, I see um, the Adam Gase, Sam Darnold combination being a very uh-huh. good coach-quarterback combination. But this is their first year, so it's going to be some, right. some building, going to be some growing pains. But I'm going to give them three extra wins, and I'm going to bring them in at seven and nine. Um, you know they're building, and right now, especially in this division, you just gotta keep building and just hope one day that that monster in New England falls off. Um, I think never, people never. think that's gonna happen <laughs> when Tom Brady retires, but Tom Brady might not retire till he's 64. Um, so people are just kind of holding on and building their teams, just just waiting for the for the dynasty to fold. Um, I don't know how much longer they're gonna be waiting, but. It's time for people to start making some moves, whether they're still tough in New England or not. So I'm going to get his team seven wins. All right. Let's move on to the third place finishers in this division from last season. And that is the Buffalo Bills, who finished with a 6-10 and record. Off season for the Bills. What did they do? Off season for the Bills. This one, I wasn't. I was fairly surprised with what I saw. You pick up Ed Oliver, who we expected to be a first round pick since the day he was a freshman, which is crazy in itself. Cole Beasley, John Brown, Andre Roberts, uh, again Ed Oliver, uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Johnson from the from the Texans, Captain Munnerlyn. Surprisingly, he's still in the league. Uh, Kurt Coleman at safety, Tyler Croft at tight end. Uh, also picking up Frank Gore, which I mean that him and Shady McCoy, they have that has to be like the oldest backfield in the league. But nonetheless, Devin Singletary, he's a smaller back, but the thing about him is he's one of those tough, small, those Deion Lewis type backs. Those kind of guys are always a nice pickup. Uh, you did lose Kyle Williams to retirement. He had a really good career. Charles Clay, decent tight end. Uh, Jordan Mills on the offensive line as well as Derek Anderson, who got them through some time when when, uh, Josh Allen went down. He actually gave us a hell of a game last year, uh, midway through the season on a Monday night. So uh, that this team has some, some trouble. This team is going to have some trouble on the offensive side, but boy, that defense looks good. Yeah. That was actually going to be my next question to you. Like um, we know, that the defense for this team is going to be outstanding. I have them pegged somewhere in the top five of this coming season. Um, if the offense doesn't make that tough on them, you know, I think a lot of people, especially casual fans of the sport, they don't really understand how 
you know, offense and defense interlock with each other and mm-hmm. help each other become the units that they're going to become. Um, we know the talent that they have on the defensive side of the ball, but if the offense is not giving assistance and the defense is always on the field, then the numbers aren't going to be commensurate with the talent. Exactly. But we know that the defense is, is there. Um, the weakness of this team, I would go – I would go strictly with the youth. I mean, they they were they were hard pressed to completely turn over this roster. So that uh, a lot of that, you know, comes in the form of being big on the draft to, to rebuild your team. It's, it's a lot of youth on this team. Um, experience is kind of a cliche, but you know, in some situations, you know you have youth that are so good that they don't know they're supposed to struggle or they're supposed to lose. Um, but in this case, I think it's a, it's a definitely a building process. And I think the youth might serve as a little bit of a deterrent. Um, you spoke of Shady McCoy and, and Frank Gore. The backfield definitely doesn't have youth where they could use some. Um, Those knees are old. I've heard rumblings saying that it's not even a 100% chance that Shady McCoy will make the 53-man roster. I know he's going to decline on the other side of 30, but I would find it hard to believe that LaShawn McCoy would get cut um, from his team. You got any thoughts yeah, on that? I have, I have really find it hard to believe that. Do you really want to push your whole season on t- – on uh, TJ Yeldon and TJ Yeldon and uh, Frank Gore, probably not. I mean, this this backfield is old. This the miles on these tires. I mean, these tires are. We starting to hit. We starting to hit. Uh, the rims are starting to ride on the road at this point. <laughs> I mean, this team, this guy, this backfield is very, very old. Uh, that's easily my weakness. And then couple that with a, a retooled offensive line. Never a good combination. Uh, they don't have any home run hitters. I mean, they haven't really. I mean, and I get it. You address the defense to take care of that, but to keep. But this offense, if you can't keep those guys off the field, it means absolutely nothing. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand what the. But this is part of the process of what, and we'll talk about. We can kind of get into that a little bit later when we talk about my team. Uh, why my team ends up where they are because these teams are when they retool their rosters. This is what you get. Yeah, um, this is what you get. So, what's your your outlook? How tough will they be in this division, and and what would your prediction be? This team, they get a, a week six bye week. Not great. Not much better than the Jets, but their schedule's pretty light early on. I mean, you have the Jets early, the the Giants early, the Bengals week week four against the Patriots, but it's at home. Uh, you have the Titans, the Dolphins, you have your Eagles, but then you get Washington, Cleveland, Dolphins, uh, Broncos. I mean, the schedule's not too tough. The only stretch that's pretty tough is Cowboys, Ravens, and Steelers, and Patriots at the very end, week 13 to to 16. But uh, even then, by then, if you can at least split those, you have a chance. At, I mean, this team, the realm of possibility is – it's not out of the realm of possibility for nine games. And I, after all of that bad, I just gave you. <laughs> nine games, you said? 
Yeah, nine games. I mean, looking at this schedule, I I see I could easily see how they could run off, and it would be very close games. But I could see how they could run off five or six easy ones because the right. schedule's so light early on. No, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not even you know I'm not shocked by that um by that prediction. I'm I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go backwards one um and have them finishing at eight and eight. But you know the Bills will be a better team led by that defense. All right, so let's go to the second-place finishers from this division. Last season, the Miami Dolphins finished at 7-9. and nine. The 7-9 and nine Dolphins went out in the offseason and did what? Well, they went and got them a, a Super Bowl-winning uh, defensive coordinator to be their head coach and, and Brian Flores. Uh, they also went out and got two quarterbacks. They went out and got – Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean Ryan Fitzmagic, who'll give you a good four games of greatness, and then he'll completely obliterate himself by throwing six picks in a game. It's gonna happen, trust me. Uh, ask any Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Uh, and then uh, you also have Josh Rosen, who I think is that was a great pickup. And you might we might can add to this if uh, Jadavian Clowney ends up there, which I think would be a nice pickup to go with Christian Wilkins, uh, as well as. Uh, Adolphus Washington, Jordan Mills, Eric Rowe from the Patriots, uh, also ter- uh, Tank Carradine, Nate Orchard. Uh, those, these are some decent pickups. Wide receiver Preston Williams will be a nice pickup going forward, and also they picked up Dwayne Allen, another Super Bowl winning tight end. So uh, with those New England Patriots, so you know when you look at those uh, those pickups, I mean they greatly outweigh the losses that they have. Adam Gase. I can I can make the case that he just was in a bad situation with a bad quarterback situation. Ryan Tannehill, nice knowing you. Uh, Brock, uh, Brock Osweiler, nice knowing you. Cameron Wake has been great. You've given us great years. Uh, but, mm, okay, it's time to go. William Hayes gone. Andre Branch gone. Robert Quinn, you outlived your usefulness. Frank Gore has been cool. Uh Sam Young, I didn't think you haven't been an NFL caliber lineman since you pretty much got in the league. Uh, Danny Amendola was there uh, for a year. He's gone. Uh, he's now with the the Lions. So, ton of guys that written Josh Sitton who didn't do much in his time in Miami except be injured. So, I mean, a lot of their losses, those I don't really count those as losses. They're just guys that they just had to cut bait with. Yeah, they've basically got written of, gotten gotten rid of a lot of higher price older guys. Um, but I do I I see that being the weakness of this team, like depth. But I think these are moves just like you said that had to be made. Um so they're in the middle of a rebuild. Depth is gonna be an issue with any team that's in the middle of a rebuild. So I, I give them a pass on that for now. Who do you think gets the nod? Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen? I think it's Fitz Fitz Magic gets the nod early, but they'll go to Rosen later. I think I've actually, I still think Rosen's the goods. I just think he needs to be with the right guy. Uh, We'll see how Brian Flores runs his team. Will he try to replicate the New England model or will he go out and do his own thing? That'll tell us a lot. But the problem is, it's not the quarterback. It's like a lot of teams. It's the offensive line. Can they protect these guys? Outside of Laramie Tunsil, I'm really, I'm really hard pressed to find somebody that can help protect them. Okay, so what's your prediction on this team? What's, what's the outlook and 
What's going to be their record? Oh, man. So, for me, when I look at this team, I think you're, you're going to find that this team takes a huge step back. Uh, this team's a 7-9, and 6-10 and 10 type of team. Not mm-hmm. not because of talent, because they have the depth in the secondary. They have a decent defense. But the offensive line and the quarterback situation, you may be a year away from seeing what this team can really be. Uh, and you, you have a new head coach as well. So, when I'm looking at schedule, uh, usually if you can get a couple cheap, easy ones early for a team that, that you think is going to struggle, uh, you have the Ravens, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Chargers. That's your first four. Good luck. Uh, then you have the, <laughs> the Washington team, the Jets, the Steelers, the Jet, the I'm sorry, the Steelers, the Jets, the Colts, the Bills. You can find some cheap ones in there. I think you can kind of keep a – you can kind of – navigate that especially with three although three of those four of those five are uh on the road now the back end of this thing the browns the the eagles the jets the giants the Bengals, the patriots you can see where they could win six or so six or seven games you just have to know how to if you navigate that especially at the end the, the patriots at the set schedule for them if the season's going well heck you don't they, they're gonna sit there guys so that can be an easy one um, right. For you, so you can catch a win there. That's like a preseason game for them at that point. So I'd yeah. say this team's a six and ten, seven and nine type of team. <laughs> yeah, it could be an easy one, but it's not going to mean a damn thing. Um, so I I see them also as a six and ten team. Six and ten is where I'm going to lock it in. Um, you know, we're going to have this quarterback thing throughout the season, we're going to see both of these guys starting under center at some point. Um, we know how the Fitz magic likes to wear off after a few great games. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, and, hey, you, you, you never know. They might end up with your man Tua if neither one of these guys can get it done this season and they get, you know, they get beaten enough. I think at the end of the season, you're talking about in, winning some easy ones, like maybe against a team that's sitting people. I think at the end of the season, if this team isn't any good, I don't think they're going to want to win those games. So they're going to try yeah, you just as hard to yeah. lose. Um, so they might get a shot at a Tua. Um, but we shall see. I got them locked in at 6-10. Last, I'm not even going to say not least, last and most <laughs> – the, the defending Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, last season's record, 11-5, and five, and another Super Bowl victory um, for Fred and his fellow spoiled fan base. Um, <laughs> what did the champs do in, in the offseason? Man, uh, so many moves. I mean, you lost – we lost a ton a ton, starting with left tackle. Um, you lost Trent Brown. You lose uh, You lose your a lot in your secondary, Eric Rowe. You lose uh, Trey Flowers on the defensive line. I mean, they're – but we all know how this works. You, you lose a bunch of guys, but they just find people to – they find – God, they just find dudes to, that can come in and just make plays. And a lot of times when you find those guys to help make plays, it it, it really helps. Uh, you lose Gronk. That's huge. That is huge. Uh, but you also bring in Michael Bennett. You do lose uh, Pat Chung because he's on the – he's staying on the cocaine. Thanks. Good job. Uh, you are a big <laughs> piece. Uh, but they do bring in Chase Winovich, who's a defensive no lineman fun. out of – 
out of out of Michigan. I actually think that was a great pickup. They pick up Ben Watson, a former Patriot, to help kind of help out on that as far as that tight end position. I think you're going to see a bevy of guys to fix what fix that situation. You might not see one guy, but Ben Watson's been kind of banged up. Uh, Jacoby Myers out of out of North Carolina State. He was a, a late round pick, but Quite honestly, he's been showing out in the preseason. Uh, big pickup, Jared Stidham, quarterback out of Auburn, who I thought was trash, complete trash. He has been playing out of his mind in the preseason. No, he's not replacing Brady. Brady's looked pretty sharp in his one preseason start. So, um, But you also you also see Danny Etling being moved to, to wide receiver. So you see a ton of movement there. Demarius uh, Thomas was picked up. Nikhil Harry was it was drafted in the first round. Uh, also let go of Ryan Allen, the, the longtime punter. Uh, but you also go pick up Jake Bailey, the, the the rookie. So for me, and also the the one big pickup that I definitely have to talk about is Josh Gordon. Can he stay off the alcohol in the weed? Can he do that? If he can do that, we saw what he did last year. He led the team in receiving yardage in only a few games. He, Tom Brady went to him more than Julian Edelman and, and Gronk combined, and he just made play after play. But, you know, he has to stay off of the drugs. At least, yeah. well, at least until the Super Bowl. At least until the Super Bowl. <laughs> Talent was never an issue with this guy. Um, and he's been blessed to, to get yet another shot at this thing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. at some point, like, you got to get it together and you cannot – mess this up because it's not like you're just being reinstated into the league. Uh, you get to go play with, you know, some bums. Like you're you're back on the the Super Bowl champion team with an opportunity to come right into a winning situation. Um you, you can't mess that up, man. Um so your man Brady still going strong at forty two years old. Uh-huh. Um he never likes to give any indication that the end is near. So we're going to see what he can still do. I know it sucks to be Tom Brady's backup. He's <laughs> <laughs> really never going to get a shot with this yeah. successful team. Um, I guess it doesn't suck in the fact that, you know, it could get you a good contract somewhere else. Shout out to Garoppolo. Shout out to Matt Castle. Um, shout out to Jacoby Brissett, who, who's now the shout starter. Shout out to Jacoby Brissett. Um, yeah, I mean, it can definitely get you that opportunity because in spot duty um, on that team, these guys always look good, and then they leave, and we find out what they're really about. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing to see Brady still doing it um, at 42 years old, so we'll see what this season has in store for it. If you were to say your team had a weakness, <laughs> what would the biggest weakness Ooh. be on this Patriot team? Weakness has been this way for a while now. Pass rusher, edge rusher. Uh, you lose Trey Flowers, you bring in Michael Bennett. Uh, the, the age is going to show, but then you bring in Chase Winovich. So you'll see, we'll see how the youth and the combination of youth and experience have something to do with maybe getting a better rush. Um, and I'd probably say t- playmakers because you have names. Demarius Thomas at this point in his career is a name. Julian Man, Edelman. You got guys over thirty though. 
Yeah, you you have a very old team as far as playmakers are concerned. Um, I would say on the offensive side is definitely somebody not named Julian Edelman to catch passes, and and Josh Gordon if his if he happens to not no longer be available, who's going to be that go to guy now that next. We, we know who what Julian Edelman brings, but who's going to be that other guy who can just take the pressure off of him now that Gronk is no longer there? That I would definitely say is a weakness because Brady is having to work with another cast of characters. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, for, you know, most of the recent years, like the Patriots have had the the – pleasure of playing in the AFC East. See, this is where, like, when you hear people talk, especially fans who don't like the Patriots, who don't care for the Patriots, like, they always give their, they lend, not even lend, they, they give all the credit for the success to the division. Um, people forget, you know, you still got to go in the playoffs and play against the best of the best, and you still got to make your way through that gauntlet. Um, so, you know, you really can't use that excuse too much. Um, but as far as outlook, do you see another run in this team? I mean, this is one of those things, like when I talked about J.J. Watt, for me, it's one of those things like, all right, we're going to stop with the, because I've been there before. Okay, the Patriots are, quote unquote, getting old. The Patriots, the run is probably about to slow down. And then the next thing we know, the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl again. You know, the last two years, they're one and one in the Super Bowl, but they've been there when people have started to doubt whether they were contenders still or not. So I'm on the J.J. Watt train with them where I'm going to say, look, until until proven otherwise, like this team is always a contender because every time they start to get doubted, they're back playing on the first weekend in February and – so far, nobody's been able to do anything about it. So, what do you see um, as a season outlook? Do you, you know, consider them another title contender? Um, how will they run through this division um, and the other competition? And what is your prediction for their record? So we'll just we'll just go ahead and we can make this one easy. Uh, I see 11, 11 plus wins for this team. The only tough stretch of this schedule is going to be from week nine to fourteen, in which you get a week ten bye week, which is not bad at all. Uh, especially coming off a game where you're you you play the Ravens, you get a bye week, and then you get then that week 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 eleven week we aren't cool. Just letting you know that because I got we got to see your team in a rematch of the Super Bowl. I, I, for I mean, week, I mean, I was going to cool. ask you, I, I was going to ask you for specifics, like you know who they're going to see between week nine and fourteen. I was just making sure you, I was going to make sure you said the name. So you know, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I understand. You know, it's yeah, going to be yeah. rivalry week on cover two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there might be some so friendly wages or some. I might have to, <laughs> I might have to get you in a Patriots shirt if when you guys lose or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, you, you see how I put when you guys lose, not if, but when. But, <laughs> none, but, but nonetheless, uh, that's going to be the tough stretch of this season. Uh, you get to see uh, the Browns and the Patriots. 
that whole idea of the Browns being somebody, their soul is going to get taken that week and then they'll no longer be a good team. So I can't wait for that one. And it's in Foxborough. So I, what I'm really hoping, like the fan in me is hoping the Browns just go run off like they're like 6-0 and or like 5-1. and And then they come into New England so pumped up and ready to go and we just slaughter them. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping, guys. I got, I got to take you back to our rivalry week real quick. Not only am I going to get you in an eagle shirt, Uh-oh. but it's gonna it's gonna be an it's gonna be a throwback. It's gonna oh, be one of your favorite guys. It's gonna be that Mike Vick shirt or jersey. Ooh. I have a seven on it somewhere. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> your Mike Vick jersey. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. And then, but, and uh, then treat him like Mike for all the criticism. Yeah. I want to be like Mike. Okay, He's your biggest I got fan. You. I got you. I got you. I got you. So when I, I see 11 wins for this team, um, early, you know what New England is early. The first couple games of the season, things start off slow uh, because they're trying to figure things out. They'll probably lose to somebody they're not supposed to, like maybe Washington or Buffalo. Oh, no. And, and of oh, course, yeah. the, the sky is going to fall. And, you know, in New England, the sky will fall in New England. We'll be like two and three, and or we'll be like – Three and, and they'll two. They'll say the dynasty's over. Yeah, and then we'll <laughs> run off like eight straight, and we'll have a tough game against somebody, and all all will be good. Uh, we do get the so, Steelers to start the season, so that's going to be interesting. So basically, what you're saying is the usual. The usual, yeah. <laughs> okay. The one, right. the two. Oh, games, have to say I have the usual. <laughs> I have three games that are circled this year. Of course, outside, uh, really four. That Browns game, week sit, week eight. The Eagles game week 11 for obvious reasons. Week 12, we get the we get America's team. At least that's what they call them. I feel like New England's America's team because well we're winning and if we're if America's the greatest team greatest country in the world, well we 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 exemplified that and I'll leave that alone because Cowboy fans come in my head so I'll leave that alone. Um, but then last but not least, week 14 against the Chiefs. I, I mean, we have their number, but I just I like watching Pat Mahomes. But right now, we gotta we gotta keep put him back in his place because he's gonna have a really good record going into that game, and it's gonna be a very very interesting. All right, um, for me, I see exactly eleven wins for the team. Eleven and five is where I'm going to lock them in. Like I said earlier, you know, until proven, until they prove otherwise, this team is still a contender um, in my book. And just to note, you know, you talking about you could drop a game to somebody like a Washington. Please do not drop any games in the NFC East except for to Philly. Like, you know, need y'all to help us out with that. Thank you. And even if you beat us, make sure you beat everybody else as well. Um, <laughs> please do not beat us and then lose. Aye, aye, aye. Don't do that. The, the Giants, uh, I don't care. But Dallas, don't lose to them. And Washington, nobody should care. But since I live in the Washington area, like, don't lose to them because that's going to be a Super Bowl celebration. I'm going to have to make my way through parade traffic if they win that game. So just do me that salad. That's all I ask. All right. That is uh, your defending Super Bowl champions, and that is your uh, AFC South and AFC East preview for 2019. Stay with us for our uh, preview coverage for the 2019 NFL season. We will switch our focus 
So the National Football Conference, yes, the NFC uh, will be the focus of the next two episodes. So keep it locked, warroomsports.com. Uh, go to the network tab and click on cover two to hear the archive episodes and to definitely hear the first two episodes of our NFL preview, which has been uh, the entire AFC. So, um, Fred, let everybody know where they can find you on uh, social media, especially this weekend, especially for all the college football people. Um, Check out the latest episodes of Quick Slant as well. And Fred will be, um, he will be on social media burning it up for this first full weekend of the college football slate. So let them know. You can find me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFB. We got some some things to talk about. I mean, week one, some pickums, maybe a certain certain to a certain game that got moved away, and now it's back. It's it's in a home stadium, and tickets went from like expensive to not expensive. College football. What is with college football and these these storms, these hurricanes that like to come through? The only category five that should be hitting anybody in college, in college football is the one in Coral Gables. But I'm not. I'm never. I'm gonna leave that alone. You can catch me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFD. All right. You can catch everything we're doing. Like I said, the hub, warroomsports.com. We are on social media as well Twitter at warroomsports, Instagram at warroomsports. And you can catch us on the warroomsports Facebook page as well. This has been another episode of Cover Two with McMillan and Purdue, episode 56 to be exact. And for my partner, Fred Purdue, I'm Devin McMillan. I tell you guys, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Going up to LaFell. Touchdown. The fake screen. Center. Over the middle. Touchdown. Play action. Cutler wide open. Zanzenbacher. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.